Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Manchester City and Chelsea. Liam's going to talk us through Villa's season so far, and we're going to look how Bournemouth beat Newcastle at the weekend. Plus, we've got this week's quiz, some what is a why and a who am I, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as well. Hello, Liam. Hey, Chris. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Yeah, very. I mean, another edgy game at the weekend for me. <laughs> I mean, the edge, the edge of my seat in, in the uh, on the sofa has uh, <laughs> got a lot of slack uh, over Absolutely. the last week. So, uh, um, yeah, any more like that, and I might have to start reinforcing it. Uh, <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. though, probably one of the most entertaining games that I've seen for a long, long time, um, watching that on Sunday. Just constant end-to-end attacking football. So, as a neutral, Chris, I was on the edge of my seat, but probably not as nervous as you were. <laughs> I mean, after the Tottenham game as well, is uh, you know, it it was going to take some beating to beat the Tottenham <laughs> game, and then, yeah. and then that. So, yeah, but we're going to talk about that um, in a bit. Um, but yeah, um, another week uh, of football, and then another international week of football. So yeah. two games that mean nothing, um, yeah. other than them, other than England actually winning the group. Um, I'd be very surprised uh, if they didn't do that on Friday against Malta. Yes, um, and he has got to play some of these people that he's brought in. To look at them, don't be playing Maguire and uh, both <laughs> games. He doesn't need to play both games. You put yeah. Conser, play Conser for at least one of the games. Cole yeah. Palmer, play Cole Palmer for at least one of the games. Give Rico Lewis a chance. I mean, yeah. we'll see what he's going to do. But we all know Harry Kane's star. Yeah, we uh, we do. We um, I I was thinking earlier. I know that. Bellingham has, has pulled out now, but I was thinking we are going to line up against Malta with the strongest squad possible, despite bringing in these players. And I think we said last time it went to an international break, it would be nice if the games where there was really not a lot on it to play some of the under-21 side. That Let's, yeah. let's be honest, they won the, the under-21 World Cup, so it would be good to give them a chance in a senior setting. But I know he's picked... You can't pick all of them, I understand that. I know he's picked Palmer and he's picked Rico Lewis this time around, but um, I haven't seen if Bellingham has had a replacement come in yet or Colwell because he dropped out. Yeah, no, he's, he said he's not going to replace them. So yeah. it'll be yeah. as is um, for them. So yeah, they're not, and I believe that Rashford and um, Phillips. Uh, have not even joined the squad yet. They're not joining until the uh, later on in the week. So um, down to the bare bones then. Yes. So I assume that neither of them will play the game on Friday either. So um, if they're not going to be training until the end of the week. Once again, though, no real need to select them in the squad. I would say, you know, why not? Yeah. Give... I mean, I mean, your club managers must be. <laughs> They must be thinking, just stop picking them. Yeah. Especially someone like Harry Kane, you know, who's banging in goals to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they don't want him getting injured. So, yeah, I, I would, I think it, now these two games would have been an ideal opportunity to see if any other players, because I think we've said this before, he's probably got 15 in his head already, squad-wise, yep. for, for next year. Yeah. Um, and they're probably the obvious choices. And then he's probably going to have a little wiggle room between some of the players that are in and out of the England squad. Uh, Callum Wilson will be picked, uh, but then we'll drop out. Uh, yeah, it's just... <laughs> through injury. It seems to happen every single time. Yeah, because I don't he, think he's ever... Has he ever played for England? He's just been selected about just five con- times. Contractively obliged to, to actually get picked and then and then just say I'm injured. So yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it would have been ideal. And I guess in a way he has picked some of them to look at. Uh, I'm still confused by the whole Sterling situation, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, you know, for me, he's at the moment he's playing better than what he was playing at Man City. Yeah, uh, certainly towards the end of his Man City yeah, period, so I think you're very right. Strange, very strange how he's not uh, getting in that squad. Um, yeah. I suppose that puts us on nicely to the game on Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a bit like the Tottenham game. Where, where do you start? I'm going to start with the softest penalty uh, of the season so <laughs> far. Um, now, I am, you know, I'm a football fan and I know the rules. Like, Cucurella is, has hold of his shirt, but when you look at it in, in like a VAR situation, I'm not sure if it was just me that saw this, but I am, Harlan definitely gives him a put, like a pull to, to sort of gain an advantage. And I don't know if I was the only one that saw this, but did you, did you see it? I, um, well, he kind of grabs, I, they're grabbing each other. Yeah. yeah. And he can't, I, he can't, I saw, it and, yeah, but. I saw, um, they both had hold of one another's arm. They both fall over. It looks like there's a bit of a push from Harland, bit of a pull from Kukurea. Not enough really to give either way. The ball goes out. I just think play on. I mean, it, there was no way he was going to get to it anyway. I know that shouldn't really matter when it's a it's a, a penalty decision given. If there's a foul, there's a foul. But yeah. is it, again, I can't remember how many times we've said this on the podcast, is it a clear and obvious error? No, probably not. If It's one of those, I think, where if, if the ref had given it, there wasn't enough to turn... Well, the, the ref did obviously give it in the end, but I just I don't think there's enough to turn it over either way. Just it's just it's a fifty-fifty for me. It seems so. It just seems soft, and you see yeah. it all the time in games, and it never really gets penalised. And it's just just so happens to be Anthony Taylor and Chelsea. The guy doesn't like us. I mean, there's been a number of occasions in the past where things like this have happened. So I wasn't surprised, but at this stage. Um, it's 1-0, and I'm thinking, well, you know, that's pretty much it. I was fearing the worst um, for you, to be honest. showed, you know, that we can compete against the top teams. And it's frustrating to see, because we play a lot better when we're playing against teams that are more open 
Um, so the teams are more attacking against us. So like Tottenham, like Manchester City, it's the teams that sit back is where we really struggle. We really struggle to break teams down. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of chances against Tottenham and against Man City where it was sort of a counter-attacking chance. First goal was to Silva was from a corner. Um, eight years old, still <laughs> not best defender. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, give him another year and uh, we should be happy. Um, but yeah, good good header. I don't think you. I think he meant to flick it on behind them, but either way, uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Oh, Harlan was being pushed." I was just like, "Right, I'm not having any of that." Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen what happened in the other end five minutes before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. It it does go on. So this is why I was exactly really com- like confused why he gave it because that's what happens in a penalty area, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, eight minutes later, uh, Cole Palmer, who had a really good game. He had a really did, good yeah. game, especially against the team that sold him to us. Yeah. Uh, uh, he plays the ball to uh, Sterling, and weirdly, the defender, I- I'm not sure what he tries to do. He just It's like it's in slow motion, and he picks it up. Uh, sorry, it was Reese James that picked it up, and he plays it across, and Sterling... Yeah, another ex City player scoring at City. Um, so yeah, and then Akanji gets one just before half time. Two-two uh, at half time. I was thinking I'd take a draw, and yeah. then I thought what we really need to do is just keep it tight for the next ten minutes. And then uh, two minutes after, I said that. <laughs> uh, Harlan scores of his backside. And, yeah, uh, one of one of the stranger goals that you'll see. They desperately tried to rule it out for handball, and I was thinking everything. they were trying I, They were. I, I was thinking this is going to be really harsh if they do rule it out for what is effectively a brush against his arm as the ball crosses the line. I don't even know if it did touch, but they I were trying. I don't think it did, but they were they were looking at it for ages trying to prove it. But yeah, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know how the ball actually did end up in the back of the net because yeah. he literally sat on it, didn't he? So I don't know how it rolled in, but yeah, great finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was fearing the worst again then thinking that Pep Guardiola shoved a rocket up their asses and... Uh, and uh, told them, you're playing Chelsea for Christ's sake, what's going on? Um, and then Doku uh, takes a, a, a 10 point dive in the, the box, mm. uh, gets booked, and then gets taken off a few minutes later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. It wasn't his best game, was it? No, he's been really good for Man City as well. So <laughs> yes, yeah. The, the week that I put him in my fantasy team, he was absolutely awful. <laughs> to be fair, Harlan, other than the penalty and the tap-in from that one yard that Harlan scored, we we managed to keep him fairly quiet. Um, he did yeah. have a good chance in the first half, where nine times out of ten he probably would have buried that. But Yeah, it was uh, a good save though. Good save. Sanchez, um, Sanchez made a good save. Then three three, uh Nicholas Jackson catching a rebound off of Conor Gallagher's shot. My immediate reaction was, Oh god, he's offside. Yeah. Uh, luckily they showed a replay pretty quickly and he uh he, he was actually onside. I thought there's no way that he could have got that without being offside, but Man City were just a bit lackluster at the back. And then 
and then four minutes from time, Rodri smashes one and it hits, gets a deflection and uh, wrong foot Sanchez and it's 4-3 and at that point I'm thinking probably probably one of the best games we've played under Poch and we're going to come out with nothing from it. Yeah. And then well, I can only see it as a stonewall penalty. I, I, any, yeah. Any, no, I, 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 it's yeah, one of the more obvious ones that you'll see this season. He just a, absolutely clatters into his standing leg. Madness. Well, yeah, I don't I really know what he was trying to do, to be honest. And he, he protested pretty hard as well. And I don't really know why it was. Uh, yeah, just just hang your head, to be it's, honest. Uh, it, the problem is it was wet. It was very wet as well. So any sort of slide, he's going to go right. He's going to yeah. slide right through, and he catches his leg. And then the coolest man on the pitch, Cole Palmer. I mean, he gets his old club in the 95th minute, buries it, and, and uh, the game ends 4-4. Although the game didn't quite end there because Pochettino then ran onto the pitch and, and got himself poked. Uh, yeah, because he wasn't happy, uh, and rightly so. I mean, <sighs> there's a case that it probably should have gone on for a little bit longer because you know we had the penalty. The penalty took still took three or five minutes. minutes yeah, was, so you would have expected a little bit of leeway, especially when Man City had just gone up and had a chance, and then. It's almost like we get the ball. He could have blown when the keeper had the ball in his hands or when the keeper distributed it to the defender. Because yeah. it's not like he kicked it in the air high. He like rolled it out and then we picked it up, passed it around three or four passes and then he decides when Cucurella's on the halfway line and we've got three other men against there too. But that's going to be the end of it. Um yeah, it was a strange one. I did think there was going to be more added time. Even the commentators sort of said, you know, this is going to go on for a little while longer. We don't know how much time there is left. Yeah. And then the whistle blew immediately. <clears throat> I mean, they'd initially given eight minutes, was it? Or nine? Something. So it, it was, was a lot. I think it was eight. Uh, <laughs> it was eight minutes. Yeah. And, and they, the they played... Was... The penalty yeah. was finally scored. So, um, Brower came on in the 90th minute and then literally within about two minutes we'd won the penalty. So it was around about four minutes yeah. before Palmer actually scored because Jackson and Grealish both got booked. Um, yeah, everyone surrounded the ref, didn't oh, they? they? You know, they were trying to disrupt the penalty spot and uh, gain game Palmer's head and things like that. It, it was a good near. And like Chelsea, say, near made, and Chelsea made a sub as well after the penalty. Yes, um, he did as well. So you know, you would have expected a, at least four or five minutes. Yeah, not know, just the additional. It was. A, he only added on about another minute, didn't he? About another minute or two, I think, I think something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was well, a strange decision, but he. Pochettino did get very, very angry. Um, Considering your side has just drawn four all against Man City, who are probably the best team in the world at the moment, um, I would have thought he would have been a little bit happier. But it just goes to show the kind of game that it was. Both sides thought they could go and win it. And quite rightly, he was annoyed that 
you didn't have that final chance to go up and get that fifth goal. But yeah, end to end, it was a brilliant game to watch, to be fair. Some of the defending was a little bit suspect at times, but that was from both sides. And I think most of it was down to decent yeah. attacking play, really. Especially from a Chelsea side that haven't scored much this season. Obviously, you've got four against Spurs, but most of them came when Spurs had two players sent off. So, you know, it, it'll do... I think the attacking players for Chelsea will do the, the world of good for confidence, I think, going forward. Always look dangerous, but I think you've not really been struggling with that this season. It's just been finishing them off that's been the problem, hasn't it? Yeah, it's the, the, the build-up play. There's been nothing wrong with the build-up play at all, but it is literally just been down to finishing. And to be fair, obviously, we spoke about it before, about the run of games we had after the Brentford game. And... You know, it was it was clear that we had man we had Tottenham and Man City coming out. Then we got Newcastle and Man United. But to get four points out of those first two games, I mean, yeah. you know, that's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good, and you know, it's propped us quite well in the league now. I mean, you know, we are still about six points off any sort of European competition. But I mean, it could have been a lot worse had he not got points in those last two games. I and I really think that. If we can, if we can just carry on how we've played in the last two games, then I think we've got every chance of beating Newcastle and every chance of beating Man United as well. Um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree so, more. To be honest, I mean, you, you're not on bad form. I know there was the game against Brentford, but that was kind of the exception to how you've been the last six weeks or so. I would say. Um, yeah, the goals, the goals are starting to come now, which which is is obviously great. Um, for your attack, like a lot of them are new signings, aren't they? But your attacking players like Jackson and and people like that, and Kunku is obviously going to come back into the side at some point. Well, he's, so that should he's help. Due, he's due back. He's he's back already. He's training, and uh, you could see him against Newcastle. That'd be uh, interesting. To and see he, uh, yeah. Lavia as well from the guy who got from Southampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also due back that game as well. So. There's two players that we haven't seen. We haven't seen Lavia at all. We didn't see him in pre-season yeah. at all because he was injured. Um, so those two had to come back. And I think Lavia is more of your sort of box-to-box midfielder, I think. Um, but where he fits in, I'm not 100% sure because I think the last few games, I think Gallagher, Enzo and um, Casado have, have done pretty well as a free. So... Yeah, yeah they, they. I mean, midfield actually, I think, it, probably down to your three kind of imposing themselves. Man City's strongest area for me is normally the middle of the park. Obviously, they didn't have De Bruyne because he kind of controls possession and, and dictates the tempo and things like that. But they've still got a strong midfield with Rodri and Kovacic. But I, I genuinely think that the game this weekend, they just looked ordinary. And I think that a lot of that... Gallagher especially, I think, has really surprised me this season with how well he started. Because he, he had a, must have had a bit of a knocking confidence. That there was a bit of criticism. He was kind of on the fringes of the England team. He was, yeah, and he was. They, he, he looked like he was one of the one of the players that were going to be sold. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and he's he's captain side a few times in the last few months. So. Yeah, he, he has been a surprise for me. But I said it last season. He's one of those players that he don't give up. Yeah, he give, he give you 110 percent every game, um, and 
even when um, when he made the subs on Sunday, he brought Fernandez off um, over Gallagher. So yeah. um, and Gallagher just went back into sort of a more um, defensive sort of midfield position. Um, but he's he's thrived. He has thrived in that sort of went because when we're attacking, he almost becomes like a second striker. Yeah. Um, because I guess there's there's confidence and belief in him that he will be able to come get back. You know, if we lose the ball, you know, he'll be straight back in and uh, and doing his sort of midfield job. So, yeah, um, and it's just it's one of those things. That the the international break has just come at the wrong time for us. I think it has, especially with, just, with Newcastle's injuries as well. I think yeah, playing them next, you. you Looking at what happened at the Bournemouth game with the fans sort of confronting Trippier, I know he's, the fan has actually apologised, I actually saw, which was quite nice to see. Um, but, yeah, with all the injuries they had, the, the last thing you wanted was a two-week break, really, I suppose, to, yeah. for them to get some players back fit again, because they were showing a few inconsistencies that I don't think we've seen yet with Newcastle. Um, but I, I, I would fancy you to do quite well against them, to be honest. Uh, I think you'll give them... Uh, more than a good game, I'd probably put you as slight favourites at the moment, just based on your current form and and them being a bit hit and miss. But um, yeah, I still I still fancy City to win the title. I think they've got so much firepower going forward that they can they can afford a four all draw, and I don't think it'll affect them too much. To be fair, it is it was it wasn't like it was at Man City. They were away, so yeah, you know, yeah. You know, like you said, they are missing De Bruyne. Um, yeah. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, before the game, I would have, you know, chewed your hand off for a point. So, uh, especially after the Haaland penalty, I thought, oh, God, here we go. Um, but, yeah, no, got back into it. So, yeah, very positive. Um, I guess speaking of positives, um, you're going to have a little uh, a, a little talk about Aston Villa. Yeah. You know, the position that they find themselves in. Yeah. Uh, um what are we, yeah. we what three four points off the top of the table? I'm just going to have a look to make sure. I should probably know this really. Um, uh, I'm just going to get the Premier League table up. Yes, oh three points off the top of the table um, after 12 games, admittedly. But again, similar to what you sort of said about the Chelsea game at the weekend, I would have absolutely snapped your hand off for that at the start of the season. I think the teams that we've lost to. All away from home, Newcastle, Liverpool, okay. They're, they're teams that are at worst going to be around us, and probably if they have their best season, they are going to be finishing above us. So can't can't moan too much at that. Um, just having the home form that we've got at the moment, um, and I appreciate that you've had something similar, especially when Mourinho was in charge. You were almost unbeatable at Stamford Bridge. But it hasn't happened to Villa for such a long time. It's nice to see that actually there's a positive atmosphere going into Villa Park for home games because it can turn sour pretty quickly. So to have the confidence, I, I didn't for a second think that we were going to lose this weekend which is probably overconfidence, but I've not felt like that about a Villa team before this season for 
I don't know, since probably Martin O'Neill, I would say. So you're looking at, what, 10, 15 years ago now, something like that. I think what he's done particularly well is he's obviously got the fans on side, which is great. The home form's really kicking in. He's got a tactic that, while it worries me at times to see such a high line at the back, you can't argue with the results. It's working. And I don't think teams have quite figured it out yet. And I do think that if we came up against a Man City or a Spurs or an Arsenal at home, I think we'd at least give them a good game. Whereas in previous seasons, especially in the Premier League, before we got relegated, we would be absolutely hammered. I think we had had an awful record against the bigger sides, even at Villa Park, um, before we went down. So to see the system that he's implementing, to know that there are teams that haven't quite figured us out at the moment, just gives real positivity. And I mentioned Newcastle's injuries, and they've probably got more than we have, but we've got some long-term absences still. Moreno is just about to come back. He played an hour, I think, in um, an under-21 game yesterday. Uh, So hopefully he's not too far away from coming back. But Luca Dina was pretty much out the door at the end of last season, and he's come in, and he's been one of our better players this year. Lots of assists. Um, his crossing's always dangerous. He's always getting involved in attacks. That's good to see. We've not had Ramsey for a long time. He did come back and then got injured again. Um, he was only back for a game or two, I think. So it'd be good to get him back into the side. I don't know whether he comes straight back into the side now because Tielemans has started playing pretty well. He probably had his best game for Villa at the weekend. Um, and we were also obviously missing uh, Tyrone Mings. Diego Carlos is out now for a little bit, I think. Um, and we were obviously also missing Buendia, who's last season probably one of our most creative players. But to have all those absences and to have the people that are coming back into the side and play like we are at home, I think is an incredible achievement. So very, very positive going forward. And the game at the weekend, we could have had a couple more. I mean, Watkins missed an absolute sitter at the weekend. But... Um, we, we look more than comfortable. Um, disappoint, the only disappointment, I think, really, is that we, could, we just can't seem to clean, keep a clean sheet. We're winning, you know, we're scoring more than enough. Um, it would be nice if the opposition had zero at the end of their name when I watch Match of the Day. But we seem to be winning sort of 3-1, 4-1 here and there. But I think once that gets sorted out and we can get the defence having a bit of confidence, maybe the away form might start to match it a little bit. So... Yeah, onwards and upwards. Happy, happy times. Very, very I mean, happy. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't look out of place at all. I mean, even sort of, you know, from when he took over last season. I mean, you were one of the top teams in in the league points wise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think only Man City and Liverpool actually got more points than you in that last part of the season. So um, he's just carried on from where you know, where he left off and yeah, I mean yeah, if you can keep it up, I mean you know, come sort of March, April, if you're still only three points off, I mean yeah. <laughs> you're gonna start thinking that, you know, it it could happen. I it think could. for you I think it's definitely gonna be about um beating those teams around you. Yeah. Um and 
Yeah, I, I think you've played a few of them away, haven't you? So, you know, you've got yeah. some home ties against those big clubs as well. Um, I think it's a mindset thing because we've never had a good record against bigger sides. Obviously, yeah. you know, we were perennial mid-table to relegation candidate, candidates for quite a while, especially towards the end um, of being in the Premier League. And we just, yeah. we've never had a good record against United. The only big team that we've always been okay against, other than the 8-0, was, was Chelsea. We always used to give Chelsea a good game. We, we might not win every game, but we'd be in a game. You know, I, I was reading an interview earlier with an old Villa player. He referenced the 4-4 at Stamford Bridge. You know, we'd have games like that against you guys, but we could never yeah. seem to replicate that form against Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United and Man City. Um, you know, Man City when they when they got all their money. I, I think it's a mindset thing of, you know, they're near the top yeah. of the table and we're not. And we were never never in it to cause an upset. Very occasionally we might have one. Um, but especially against Man United. I mean, we hadn't won at Old Trafford for about 40 years before, um, I think it was last season or the season before, where whenever um, Fernandez missed his penalty. Um, and, that, and and you can say that about Liverpool as well. I, I, you know, we, we've not got a good record against them either. So it'll be interesting to see this year when we come up against them at home, whether we can kind of book that trend. And I think, you know, we've just got to get our, our heads in a place that we are where we are at the moment. And we should be competing against these teams rather than going in there and thinking that we're second favourite all the time. But I suppose that takes a long time to come. And um, a lot of teams never really get that chance I suppose so uh, it's it's good to have it this season I think yeah well long may it continue until you play Chelsea and then <laughs> of course you know, and then I'll have a different opinion on it um, so for, for uh, I guess next we're just going to quickly talk about one team that have been struggling uh, one team that have been slightly better form recently so it's Bournemouth Newcastle Um Newcastle, I think the excuse that they were using was they had a lot of injuries. Mm. Um, now, when I, when I complained about how many injuries Chelsea had, um, you know, I, you know, Newcastle fans and, you know, they were probably saying, oh, you know, it's just an excuse. But when it's happening to them, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a huge deal, but they were very ordinary on 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 Saturday, and they have got quite a few injuries, and I think they played a couple of youngsters as well. Um, but credit to Bournemouth, um, that's a big win for them. But I guess more of the talking point is what happened after the game. Mm. Um, it, it seems to have been something that somebody said in the crowd. Um, I mean, there was a lot of people there, so Trippier must have very good hearing to to actually yeah. figure out who it was that was actually talking. Um, but I guess as a player, you never really want to get yourself in that situation when you're arguing with a fan. No. One on one, I think some of the players and the manager stepped in in the end, didn't they, and just tried to calm him down a little bit. But yeah. Um, but like you said, that the guy. Who, made the comment, came out and has apologised. Um, but it just seems a bit strange why he's apologised. He obviously 
you know, he's obviously he clearly he's, he's allowed to have his own opinion of how he feels. Um, I mean, he has just driven six, seven hours. That is, um, that is exactly. I think he is and he's entitled. Six, seven hours to drive yeah. home. I mean, he's paid money for a ticket. Yep. And, and I'm sure he probably wasn't the only one, you know, shouting at the team. So yep. I mean, I mean, to come out and apologize just just seems a bit strange, really. Um, almost feels like he's been forced to do it. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't actually know exactly what. I'm he not sure said. what he said. No, it, it, you couldn't pick it up. But obviously, whatever he said triggered something in Trippier, and um, he just felt the need to, um, to to go over there. I mean, it's not great, f- you know, for the club. Um, and I think I, I just think like Newcastle fans, why are you moaning at the team, like? Yeah, it's just where you were and where you where you have been, and I mean, you're not doing any worse than what you probably would have predicted. I mean, I think even in our predictions at the start of the season, I think we had them seventh or eighth, didn't we? So yeah, yeah, I I I think you know, I think they've been so spoiled in winning a lot of these games that when they do eventually, when they have eventually lost to a team, and especially a team like Bournemouth, where you know it's clear to see they have been struggling because of the position they're in. Um, So yeah, I just it's like spoiled kids, really. It is a little bit. Even all this, all this like. You know they've been given all the money and stuff, and they used yeah, to yeah. Match and they lose one game, yeah, against one of the bottom sides, and, and all hell breaks loose. So it just it just doesn't. I, I'm not sure what's going on there. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, Trippy probably shouldn't have gone over there in the first no. place. Um, there's no harm in him just going up to the way fans, just give them a little clap. That's probably what the manager said. Just go over to the fans, clap them. Um, give a few waves and just come back. But <laughs> yeah, I'd have ideas. Decided. The thing is, I, I, I'm I'm really on the fence with this one, right? Because you're right. It's a it's a long journey from Newcastle to Bournemouth, and I don't know how much he's paid for a ticket, but they're not cheap these days. So he's driven all that way. He's probably left at three o'clock in the morning. Got there, or maybe even stayed overnight or something, costing more money for a hotel or whatever, to see the team perform badly. Yeah, you you can vent some frustration. Obviously, if he says something personal or or whatever, uh, that's not what it's about. But if yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. if he's if he's just shouted, you know, that was crap today, or, or you know, probably a bit harsher than that, obviously. But I don't want to get into four-letter words. Um, you know, if you just shout, shout something general about the team, I think he's entitled to do that, right? He's travelled all that way, paid all that money, and he's got a long journey home where his team's just lost 2-0. So I do kind of understand that. However, you are right. And this is coming from a person who lost to Nottingham Forest last week. Um, and they were better than us as well. This, You know, there was no fluke result there. Nottingham Forest were better than Villa were last week. So we've won a lot of games this year. Not once did I ever think that the team's crap or any particular player in it was was so bad that they warranted any sort of abuse whatsoever. It's just one of those things. You know, it was just 
one of those games. Every team has them, you know. Man City will lose a game this year to a team they're not expected to lose against. Real Madrid will, Barcelona will. It it just it does happen. So, I mean, I I mean, I can still obviously it's quite fresh in my memory of where Villa were, you know, four years ago even. So, I would never even dream of doing that if I attended a game and Villa yeah. lost because, you know. The, the, it's just we're in a totally different world from where we are. We, I'm not saying everybody needs to be grateful. Obviously, you, you can all, you can always you always want your team to win. You're always disappointed when they don't. But there's just no need for that level of um, abuse well, at any of the at any yeah. of the players in particular. And to be honest, if you are going to get that upset, probably don't go. You know, if you, if it's going to ruin your weekend if they lose, probably don't go. I mean, Newcastle. Bearing in mind, Newcastle were in the championship not too long ago. So, yeah. yeah, they were in um, the same time as we were. Yeah. yeah, so you know, I think I think they'd, you know, from from where you were to where you are now, um, I think you know generally you should be happy. I mean, don't take nothing away from Bournemouth. They actually played probably their best they game did. of the season. Yeah. They did play well. They looked dangerous going forward. Um, and, and probably rightly deserved to win the game. Um, Newcastle were were flat, and um, I watched some of the game. They just kept losing the ball. I just, yeah. I'm not sure where it was. You know, they've they've been quite solid in midfield, but um, yeah, they had a teenager. I think he's like 17 years old starting in midfield, and he, you know, no offense to the lad because he's probably going to go on have a quite a good career, but. He did look a bit out of place. Um, Just not quite ready yet. Yeah, yeah. It kind of almost felt a bit rushed that he was there. I'm sure they would have had other backups, yeah. but yeah. But um, yeah, I, I thought I thought Bournemouth deserved to win. Um, so you know, you do get it from time to time where you know fans do say, but fans shout a lot of things sometimes. Um, yeah, you know, the players don't have to react. Um, but it didn't yeah, I was surprised. It didn't personal. It didn't. It didn't. No. It didn't feel like it was something personal. Because if it was, then I think he would have. You know, it would have been a lot more heated. It, it didn't seem yeah. like a, a very heated like conversation. Um, but you know, I was surprised it, it was Trippier because he's you know he's in his thirties. He's been around a, a long time. I'm surprised. Knows, that, I'm sure he'd probably been... have had worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can kind of excuse it if, if like, Anthony Gordon is twenty twenty one. You know, a player that age, if they'd have sort of bitten back a little bit, you could kind of put it down to a bit of youthful excitement. Yeah. But for for someone who's been around as long as Trippier has, I was a little bit confused. But like you say, it, it didn't turn into anything. The fan has apologised and he has said, you know, the reason I did it, it was a long journey. I'd been up at ridiculous o'clock and I paid a lot of money to be there and I felt like having a bit of a rant and I shouldn't have done it, so I apologise. Fair enough, water under the bridge, but Newcastle season is not going to be defined by losing to Bournemouth. It's going to be defined by beating the teams around them, which, you know, we've just said the same about Villa. Um, and I, I do think they'll, they'll have a decent season. They it's going to be between us, them, and Man United for the European spots, I think. <coughs> um, and I think if they can... <laughs> no, I'm not counting Chelsea yet, mate. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got a few yeah. more games to it. No, I, I don't think you'll be far off either, but um, I, I should have qualified and said Europa League. Okay. Um, right. You know, right. uh, it's going to, for that fifth and sixth place. So um, I think you might sneak into the conference. You never know. Um, it's a decent competition to be in. I've quite, quite enjoyed it this season. Um, but yeah, they'll be all, Newcastle will be all right. And let's face it, if they're not, then come January, they're going to get rid of the manager, spend millions on players that uh, are world-class and, and they'll be absolutely fine in the end. So, yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for part one. Uh, in part two, we'll be back with a quiz. Someone is white and who am I? Hello, welcome back to part two of this week's episode. Uh, we're going to go into someone as a white Liam. Yes. Uh, so let's have a little nose what we've got. So uh, Chelsea's 4-4 draw with Man City was the first Premier League match to see four, four equalising goals scored since Liverpool Arsenal's iconic 4-4 draw in April 2009. And I believe that was the one where Arshavin... That was the four goals, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was a cracker. It's got to be up there with the, yeah. you know, the best Premier League games, I think. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, Thiago Silva is only the fourth different player to score a Premier League goal while aged 39 or older. But you could ask me to name the others now. <laughs> you, can, you could try and name them if you want. I think one is very obvious. What One's got to be Sheringham, right? One is Sheringham, yeah. Is that the obvious one? No, that wasn't actually the obvious one. Oh, there's a more obvious one than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, same, 39 years same old. Same sort of team. Um, um, how can I... What, oh, Giggs, of course. not going to get me into trouble. Yeah, Ryan Giggs, <laughs> got to be. Uh, last one, the other one. Um, he is probably quite of a cult hero north, I would say. Especially if you were, I would say, a whole City fan. Oh, it's got to be Dean Windass, isn't it? It is Dean Windass, yeah. Christ, he was 39, yeah. He was, yeah. Amazing career. I mean, he will be forever known as for that goal he scored in the player final. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it is the goal that they always show when they're, play- when they're show- about to show a playoff final. His, his goal yeah. was... Um, so... Uh, three of Sheffield United's ten goals in the Premier League this season have been own goals. So, thirty wow. percent of the goals have been own goals. Uh, so, Pickford, Robinson, and Webster all account to their goal tally for Sheffield United. So, OG is their top scorer this season. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it quite possibly could be. Yeah, that's. I mean, they do need a bit of help. So, yeah. Uh, here we go, is one for you. Aston Villa. Here you go. Excellent. Aston Villa have won their last 13 home league games. Yep. Their longest such run in top flight since October 1983. Um, they've now won 14 home games in the Premier League in 2023, as many as they did in previous two calendar years combined. <laughs> that is the difference he's made. So, yeah, it's good to hear. I think we're only a couple of Home That's wins off an all-time record. I think the he next one is like 1920s. Of an evil villain from a film. He does look he a little bit, yeah. He looks 
a bit like a cross between Gru from uh, the Minions film, if you've ever seen the Minions film. Of course. And he also looks like the guy from Ratatouille, um, who he's the critique from Ratatouille. Yeah. I've seen Ratatouille. Yeah. Like a pair of glasses on the end of his nose and you're there, <laughs> I think. That's who he reminds me of. Bit random, but yeah. Okay, um, we're going to go into a quiz this week. Uh, I did give you a little heads up yesterday of what you the did. quiz might be. I've done a bit of research. Um, so, um, I think it's known on the podcast that me and Liam do dabble in a bit of Football Manager from now and again. Yep. And from time to time, we do like to take on the, the, the same team, um, which we have done uh, now, and we're both managing Ajax. And this quiz is all about the Eredivisie. Um, Excellent. Past and present. I, I, um, I really don't know how well I'm going to do here. Yeah, I had I am... a look earlier, <laughs> and there were, I had a look at the records, and there was a lot of names that I can't remember and didn't recognise. So I've, I've, I've saved you on this one. I've not, I've not gone too far back. Okay. I reckon you're going to get about six of these or seven. I okay. mean, more than seven, and I think you need to stop playing football manager. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so the very first one, who has won the most Eredivisie titles? Well, it's, it's got to be Ajax, surely. Yeah, it is Ajax. Yeah. Sorry, I have not. I have not prepared, and I've not got a pen. I have got a pen now. Okay. Next question. Um, can you name one of the three teams that were promoted to the Eredivisie this season? So they're playing in the Eredivisie. So they are playing in there now. Yeah. And they were playing in the, oh. the last season. So I just need one. Of one out of the three. Yeah. It's tough because the teams genuinely go up and down very regularly. It's not like there's... It's not often that there's new teams that I would say in that league. one of them is a new team. <laughs> They've never played in their division before until this season. Okay. So... I'm trying to think who's in there this season. I think one of them is Almere City. Correct. Um, they are the. T- this is their first season ever in the top flight. Uh, you could have also said Heracles Almelo. I, I wouldn't well. have got that. I th- oh, I wouldn't have got that either. My next oh, guess yeah. was going to be RKC Walwick, but oh, obviously yeah, they yeah. were in there. Obviously, they were in there the season before. Um, so, good job I went with my second guest, wasn't yeah. it? Zvol was the third team. Uh, so, in England, we have the Community Shield, where the league winners and the Dutch and the Dutch Cup, and the FA Cup winners play each other. They do yeah. it in um, Holland as well. They, they do, they yes. Do. Who is it named after which one of their legendary Dutch players is it named after I as, think as with ours it's also a shield not it is a sh- yeah I think it's the Cruyff shield I'm going to go with yeah I'm going to go with Cruyff I'll give you that it, 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 the full name is the Johan Cruyff shield yeah. 
I will. I will give you that. It it wasn't going to be Yordi. I don't think we're talking about Yordi. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, next one. Who won the league the Eredivisie last season? Oh, that's a good question because it wasn't Ajax for the first time in a long time. Uh, was it the first time in a long time? But they, well, they've won it more than anyone oh, else. Yeah, they've won it five seasons prior. Um, so. Who won it this year? It's one of two. It's either Feyenoord or PSG. Uh, PSG, PSV. PSG, new, new. Yeah, they've moved. They've moved yeah. countries. You're not here. <laughs> Paris has been lifted. Really? Plonked next to the Hague. Um, I'm going to go with Feyenoord. I think they won it last season. It was Feyenoord, yeah. That was fifty-fifty. That. Okay, so they are going to start getting a little bit more tricky now. Okay. Uh, so, which Ivorian was the Dutch League Golden Boot winner in the 2012-2013 season? Oh, my God. Playing for Vitesse. Um, I'm trying to think. Because for many, many years, Vitesse had about five players on loan from Chelsea at any given point. So I'm guessing it's probably... I'm guessing you've included it because it's a Chelsea loanee and I can't think of an Ivorian that has played for Chelsea. Did he play in Holland? Or did you buy it? I'm going to guess... Oh, actually, no, this seems like it's way out on the timeline. I think he came before this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go with Solomon Kalou. It wasn't Solomon Kalou, I'm afraid. It was uh, Wilfred Doney. Of course it was. Oh, I, I, got, I got that. Yeah, I got that very much wrong. That's all right. Right, the next one is which team has the highest stadium capacity in the league? Oh, again, I probably would have said Ajax, but we've already had that as an answer. So I don't think it's PSV because I think theirs is smaller than Ajax. I don't think it's Feyenoord. I've got to go. With, I've got to go with Ajax again. It is Ajax, yeah. Oh, fifty-five thousand is their capacity. Feyenoord is fifty-one. Well, that's closer than I thought, actually. I thought yeah. they were more like 30,000. So, sorry, Feyenoord fans. That's all right. So, five teams in the top league currently were also founding members of the Dutch League in God. 1956. Okay. That's not to say that they've not been relegated and promoted, okay? Yeah. So, you need to give me... Well, I'm going to say four of the five. Okay. So, again, Ajax have got to be one of them. Ajax so is one, yeah. That'll be my first guess. I'm guessing PSV have got to be another. Yep. I don't know where the Feyenoord were. 
but I'll go. I'll go with them. Fire Nord. Yeah, that's why I asked for four. Yeah, <laughs> I could yeah. ask for three. The other three were easy. Okay, yeah. so it's oh, it's got to be. So there's there's two more teams, but you just got to name one of them. Did you say that they were currently in the top flight? Yeah. So they are currently in they the top currently. flight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with. Oh, it's just it is just potluck. I'm going to go with FC Twenty. Correct. Oh, that was a stab in the dark. Yeah. Uh, can the I team. can I try and guess the other one? Yeah. I'll have a, another go. Um, the other one I probably would have gone for, and I don't know why. I would have probably said Neck Nemogen. I don't know why. And the other one was Sparta Rotterdam. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. A huge clue for the next question I've just given you there. How many teams currently play in the top league that are from Rotterdam? Uh, so there is Sparta Rotterdam. That's three. So, yeah, that's one of them. Uh, Fire Order Rotterdam, aren't they? Fire are Rotterdam. So there's one more. I mean, your ball, your ball knowledge is going to have to be up there to get this one, I'm telling you now. And they're in the top division at the minute. Are, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's not Vitesse, because uh, they're in Arnhem. It's not 20, I don't think. It can't be Alkmaar, because that is an actual place in Holland. Oh, I don't know. Um... I'm trying to. Oh, I'm going to guess the Go Ahead Eagles because they haven't got a name, a place in their name. No, you, uh, no it was uh, Excelsior. 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 Yeah. Excelsior. Excelsior. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, I didn't. I wouldn't have known that. Okay. Uh, this one might just have to be guessed. How many league titles have IX won? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> I will, I, I'll let you. I will do a game of higher and lower with you for three guesses. Okay, I'll I'll start with forty then. Lower. Thirty. Higher. Thirty-five. Higher. That's it. That's all you're getting from me. Uh, so somewhere between thirty-five and forty. Thirty-seven. It was thirty-six. <laughs> oh damn it! What up? Never mind. <laughs> You did pretty well, though, to get it to... It wasn't, with, wasn't too pop, bad, was yeah. it? Not a bad first guess. Okay, uh, so you are currently on one, two, three, four, five, six at the moment. So this would be seven. Okay. Uh, so in the 2007-2008 season, what record did Alfonso Alves break in the Eredivisie? I remember him from Middlesbrough. He did score a lot of goals the year yeah, they yeah, signed he him. Definitely did, yeah. I don't know whether it was that he broke the record for goals in a season, but it's pretty much all I've got to go on. Maybe I'll narrow it down. I'll go. He broke the record for the amount of goals in a game. That's right. He did. Yeah. Did he? he did yeah. No. He scored seven goals in one game. No way. In a 9-0 nine, nine win uh, for Hervine 
He's been very oh. at the time. He scored seven goals. Um, yeah, they won 9-0. Oh, uh, please. He, I, I knew he scored uh, a lot the, of goals, but I thought Suarez had the record or something like that. The record was held by Van Basten. Oh, right, okay. Six in one game. Um, so, yeah, to date, no one has uh, defeated. But, yeah, like you said, there's a blast from the past of his name. It is, yeah. He didn't uh, do I, very well at Middlesbrough either, did he? Yeah, he was terrible at Middlesbrough. He was awful. <laughs> I, think they, I think they were a bit surprised because the amount of goals he was scoring, I, th- I think they were a bit confused. And then, obviously, yeah. he decided to go. I'm assuming he left Middlesbrough and went to the Dutch League. Um, he scored a fair few goals, yeah. Uh, and he was he he did uh, he was top scorer that season as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look because this this isn't your who am I? That's how I normally do this um, on Wikipedia. But let's have a look at Alfonso Alves to see where he ended up because he it, I I do remember when they signed him. There was a big um it was it was quite a big news story actually that they signed him because he scored so many goals um, in the Dutch league. But yeah, he only got ten goals for Middlesbrough. What year um, did he sign for them? Two thousand and eight, it says on here. Oh right, so that was after his. That was after seven, he yeah, after yeah. He scored seven goals in one game. Yeah, <laughs> and then he went to Al Sad, Al Sad, Al Ryan, and Al Garafa. So he went out to the How Middle East. How many goals did he score for Heron Veen in, in the end? Set, well, that's league games. Let's see if it's got um, all competitions. He scored 48 goals in 50 appearances. I mean, so basically a goal a game. Yeah. Well, um, seven goals. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, in that case. Yeah, he got, in, in the league, he got 45 goals in 39 games. That's, yeah, I'm almost certain he was top scorer. When I was checking, he was top scorer um, one season. Um, but there's some yeah. big names on their top. Top scorer sheet in the last ten net ten years. Suarez was on there. I've never seen Suarez. Um, let's uh, just have a look. I've got the list of so, on there. <coughs> uh, Mattia Kesman's on there three times. Yeah. Ruvan Nistelrooy is on there twice. Yeah. Suarez is on there. Huntelaar is on there. Vincent Janssen obviously yeah. did awfully at Spurs, but scored a lot of goals in the Dutch league. Uh, and more recently, uh, Luke De Jong. Dusan Tadic, of course, Southampton fans remember him. Last season, I think it was tied, wasn't it? Javi S- Simons. Javi great. Simons, yeah. 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 I saw, yeah. Goals. Interesting. That was a yeah. good quiz this week. Yeah, there is. Um, maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll pick the Polish league. I know how you like Legia yeah. Warsaw yeah. Um, for next week. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's an international break next week. Sorry, the week after. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll find another quiz for you. Um, who am I? Yes, who oh, are you indeed? Um, yeah, so not too difficult, I don't think, this week. But I will run through the teams nonetheless. I think you'll get this pretty much straight away. Reti- retired or? Uh, retired, yes. Okay, yeah, go on then. So I am, I'm, not, I'm not actually going to be able to give you their full um, list of clubs. But okay. one, it won't matter. And two, that I'll tell you the reason why afterwards. All right. Um, basically, they're not all recorded. Anyway, um, so they are retired. They started their career at Borussia Neuenkirchen, that famous team. Uh, they then moved to Eintracht Frankfurt, Fenerbahce, PSG, 
Bolton Wanderers, Qatar SC, <laughs> and ended their career at Hull City. Blimey. Uh, uh, Let me know if you want any of those again. I'm happy, I'll am happy. i happily run through them again for you. I mean... The... Now, I think I might know this one because he's actually a player that is on FIFA... Uh, apparently, apparently so. Yeah, he is. I'm not sure how. On there. And it's the PSG to Bolton thing, which I think is a bit of a giveaway. It, that is the clue. Um, I mean, the guy had skills for days, really. Um, it's, uh, it's JJ Kocha. It is JJ Okocha, yeah, and you're right, he did have skills for days. Um, so the reason I did, that... I, I'll be honest with you, I did not realise that he played for Fulham. Well, he didn't play for Fulham. Oh, no, but he did play for Hull. He played for Hull City. Oh, Hull. Yeah, Hull, yeah. not Fulham, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, only for a season. He only played 18 games for yeah. them. But that was where he ended his career. So I couldn't give you his full career, right, because... Apparently he started for Inugu Rangers back in Nigeria, but there's literally no record of him doing that. It's just kind of him, I think, just saying that. that he did. <laughs> so he basically went on holiday with his mate who played for Borussia Neuenkirchen, and he just joined in with a training session one day, and then they offered him a contract. Oh, um, that was. Yeah, that's not, that's imagine not a bad that. Imagine, just, imagine him turning that and being like... Well, yeah. who is this player? What? Why is he not playing professional football? Exactly. <laughs> as he nut, as he nut the whole squad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it, it says that in his time at Anugu Rangers, he produced many spectacular displays. But there's, on, there's no, there's no official is record. Him, is this him saying that he did that? Or? Uh, it's in an interview with BT with BBC Sport. Yes. I love the fact that he is. There's no record of any sort of career up until he signed for this club. Yeah. And then he's just basically said, well, yeah, I've just, I scored 67 goals in one season. Then they flicked pretty much every single one of them. He, um, he also played, so he left Borussia Neuenkirchen and it says here he joined FC Saarbrücken. But stayed for only a few months. I mean, but again, a, again, German, there's no record of him being there. That's so, a German team as well, isn't it? So, yeah, so he went on holiday to Germany oh, um, right, yeah. and then never left. So, um, but yeah, Did then you know, there is no there is no record of this. But I actually invented the Apple iPod by the way. <laughs> just yeah, oh, you no. won't find you won't find it anywhere. Um, but you just you know you just need yeah, to know. There. He also, he did come out of retirement um, mm-hmm. for Bengal Premier League yeah, soccer. No, he did, yes. Jurgapur Vox champions, but the season was postponed and the league folded before he could make an appearance. So again, couldn't I, really include it. He, I swear, I've seen something about this before, and he wasn't the only player, like ex-player, that was going to play in that league. I've... I'm almost certain there was someone else. 
Um, um, I can't remember who it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I look think there at was the. More. Uh, there was no, there was definitely more. Yeah, I'm gonna have a look at the. So the Bengal Premier League soccer. Actually, you are correct here. Um, Hernan Crespo. Yeah, yeah. Fabio Cannavaro, Robbie Fowler, Robert Perez, and Juan Pablo Sorin had all yeah. agreed. They'd all agreed to play in this league that never actually happened. And yeah, it's because they tried to pay in too much money. Uh, it was to do with money, and it was to do so with. So he he was paid, I think, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but he wasn't the most expensive. That was Crespo, by the looks of things, which was eight hundred forty thousand. Um, but yeah. I remember Either hearing way. about that before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. incredible player, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so good they named him twice. Um, that's not his actual name, by the way. I imagine. I I had a feeling that it probably wasn't. He's probably got quite a long name, hasn't he? Uh, Augustine Azuka, JJ Akocha. Um So JJ is obviously his nickname. But I was reading earlier. You think just he before. made that up as well? When he, well, when he this is this is the so this is the thing. JJ was passed down from his older brother James, who started playing football first. His immediate elder brother Emmanuel was also called Emma JJ, but the name stuck with JJ Kotcher instead, right? That's the first thing. So it's a nickname that was given to his brother that he took yeah. on. Secondly, in, when he played in, in Turkey for Fenerbahce, he had to come up with a Turkish name to acquire the citizenship during his time in Turkey. So he chose the name Mohamed Yavuz. So I think that's his name as well. So he's got many names, not just two. He didn't decide to name himself twice over there, though. No, obviously not. Okay. Mohammed, Mohammed. Yeah. Well, he could have, he could have called himself Momo. He could have done. Yeah. He could have done, but yeah, he just stuck with Mohammed Yavuz. But yeah, a great player anyway. Um, oh yeah. yeah didn't score as many as I thought though. Yeah, and he, no, he, couldn't, got, he couldn't finish. He was just sort of yeah. yeah, and he got 14 goals for Bolton. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's obviously. I think he got voted their best ever player or something like that. So I think he left because they got. <coughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that he left because they got relegated. I'm sure, but never mind. Anyway, anything else for this week? Not for this week. Yeah, no podcast next week because um, no one wants to hear us talk about. England playing Malta or North no. Macedonia in two games that they don't really need to play. But um, give you yes. a quiz about the Maltese league. No, if you like. no? Yeah, yeah. no? okay. Uh, only if you give me some Maltesers. Okay, uh, I no. can do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're back in a couple of weeks.